0: In light of Portia's recent announcement that she will be back on our screens as a Housewives of Atlanta, I just wanted to say this. I am delighted to see Portia back. I have missed her on the show. I think she was great TV and we have definitely missed her and her shade on the show, her fun shade. That being said, there's one thing that I wanted to share with my listeners when it comes to Portia. Cause we are now in 2024 and I believe that it was announced in April of 2021 that Portia was leaving the real housewives of Atlanta. During that time, Portia had a completely new situation. You know, she got with that man. Um, I can't, Simon. And there was a little bit of controversy around all of that with Fallon and all of this. So, you know, she got married to him and now she's his wife. Right. So the cameras have definitely missed all of that and uh, all of the storyline around that, you know, how Portia got that man and all of that. So there was a lot of controversy surrounding that. But now that we are a few years later, they've been married for quite some time now. Well, a couple of years, I would say. There's another thing that was not addressed on our screens that I would be very interested to... I'm wondering if they're going to try to make this part of a storyline or not. And for me, I'm very curious to find out because Portia left the show where it was announced around April 2021 that she was not returning, okay? And then during that time... Portia also wrote a book, the pursuit, the pursuit of Portia Williams, and then there's something else that comes afterwards, but it's basically The Pursuit of Portia. And in that book, it was revealed that Portia had a, some sort of a relationship at some point in time with R&B singer R Kelly. And apparently this is in her book. I have not read Porsche's book, but it's in there. And the reason why I know this is because there is a clip of Andy Cohen uh, and Portia talking about this job with that piece the book's
1: got a lot of people talking there is quite a surprising story about r kelly in the book uh you had a past with him in a sense that i was unaware of i think most people were unaware of you went to a couple parties of him you you heard and saw things that were quite untoward and then you had him on dish nation and he tried to pick you up after you had had this whole history with him. And, uh, I mean, I'm telling the whole story, but- No, but
2: well, yeah, they gotta buy the book. Yeah, right,
1: right. But what was your reaction? I, I guess, um, well, here's a question from Erica Jay, who said, I, I read about your history with him. Do you wish you came out earlier in support of the victims? And how hard was it for you to relive your own experiences once everything with R. Kelly came to light?
2: First of all, I want to say those ladies were very brave. Yes. And I felt like Lifetime did a great job with that piece. Yep. It definitely moved me. And even <laughs> though I am a celebrity, those women inspired me to speak up. Mm-hmm. Um, I was having certain conversations around the time that it was happening. And I just never got to the place where I was ready to speak about it. Yep. I needed to do my own healing. And it just became real to me when FBI was at my door that you know what? I'm not going to be silent anymore. So the That's FBI came mean. to
1: your door when?
2: Well, it's all in the book. The, right. details, the details are in the book, but this is the thing. In my book, you know, it's a whole different Porsche. It's, you know, I have lights, camera, action, but when the camera goes off, I've lived a lot of life. Yeah. And I've had a pattern in my life where I've dealt with toxic men who've taken advantage of me because I didn't know my worth right i didn't love myself enough i only saw myself through other people's eyes mm. which i did some of that on housewives but when you do it from 20 to 30 you can taken advantage of it in a really bad way yeah so he was just one of those men who had that same face right. and i just didn't want to leave him out
0: thanks for and her book i believe was maybe released in november of Was it in November 2021 or 2022? I think it was November 2021 that she released her book. So right after it was announced in April that she was not returning, she released her book. And in that book, she drops this bombshell of a news that at some point in time, she had a little bit of a complicated relationship with R. Kelly. And we all know where he is right now. And we all know what he did. Right now, since we didn't get Portia on our screens to explain her storylines and her, her storyline or relationship to R. Kelly, I'm wondering if the cameras or if production will pick up from where she left off, okay, or if they will ask Portia about that tidbit about R. Kelly. And the reason why I'm saying this, guys, is because we are currently experiencing this, like, reckoning. And there's, like, 2024 so far has been, like, the year of, you know, celebrities just being thrown, not under the bus, but people are coming out. Like, I'm talking about, like, in light of the Monique interview that she did on Shea Shea. For those of you who don't know, um, you can go on YouTube and watch the entire interview. It's almost three hours long. Um, for my part, I watch every single minute of it, and I know that Monique has been saying th- this exact same thing for the past like I don't even know how many years. I think it's been ten years, but it feels like it's the first time that she is being heard as to what she's talking about, right? So I'm just wondering because there's like a lot of artists, like music, like music moguls. Uh, you know, th- there's that whole case with. Uh, Puff Daddy and Casey and the settlement, um, you know, R. Kelly, all of that, you know, it was like major news a couple of years ago. So I'm wondering, in the midst of everything that is going on right now um, in Hollywood or in Atlanta or in the music industry or entertainment industry, if this is something that they will pro On Once she decides to rejoin the cast of The Real Housewives of Atlanta. So Monica Garcia was um, behind um, Two Teas in a Pod podcast. And I have to admit that the ladies had great questions for her. So I definitely listened to the interview. And we're not going to talk about it all. But just some of the key highlights here. So Monica monica again once again she did not take any responsibility for her part uh for reality von T's and not telling the ladies and you know i have to i have to be honest with you guys i don't know what monica was trying to do when she was saying you know this is what sucks with this entire situation because of what transpired on the show now nobody wants to believe anything that comes out of my mouth well There's a story called the little boy that cried wolf too many times. And I'm sorry, Monica, like I do not feel sorry for you when it comes to that. You just said and told so many lies that it's hard for people to believe what you're saying at this stage, at this point of the game. Right. So one thing that I thought was very interesting I can't remember which one of the ladies asked her, "Um, who do you get along with on the cast or who will will you miss or something like that? To which Monica responded that she really cherishes her relationship with Whitney and with Meredith. And I thought that that was a very interesting response. Uh, Not that I was shocked by it by no means because I was listening to it and I was just like, she's probably gonna see Meredith and Whitney. And when she finally said it, I thought to myself, I don't know, guys. Like, do you remember which season was Jen Shaw on last? Was it season three? Anyways, the season where something happened in the sprinter van where the police, when the feds came, right? So after they left, and after Jen Shaw left, and said, oh, I have to go to the hospital. Something's going on with Sharif. Whitney had a lot to say in that van, like a lot to say. And I even remember all of the other ladies, they were just like, why is Whitney talking so much? How come she knows all of this information? Like she knows how the scheme works and all of that. And she was giving a lot of details. If you guys do not remember, go back if you can and try to watch that specific episode Whitney, like she sounded like she was very knowledgeable in the scheme of Jenshaw, right? So um I wasn't surprised when she said Whitney. And then Meredith, when the ladies finally went to, um, I can't remember where they were exactly. Were they in, um, what's that city called? Like somewhere in Utah. Oh, I can't remember right now, but when they went there and they were, like in a like in a room they were eating or something like that. I can't remember exactly. I'm just going off by of my, my memory here, guys. But Meredith had a lot to say as well about Jen Shah. And obviously Jen Shah had done some horrible things to her and said horrible things about her son and her family and all of that. So I understood why Meredith was mad. But at the same time, it seems like she had done a lot of research. Uh, when it comes to Jen Shah and her schemes and her fraudulent ways. So I'm starting to think that maybe, maybe they had some inside information and maybe some of that information came from Monica. So that's just my opinion, guys. I'm not saying that it's Bible. I'm just saying that I definitely got the feelings that these ladies may have talked before about Jen and maybe they knew of the existence of... um, you know, Monica being reality vaunties. There, To a certain extent, I have to say that I think I believe Monica when she says that the ladies knew who she was, like a lot of them knew who she was um, and just decided not to say anything. But at the same time, if they knew, th- th- that's the part that kind of puzzled me a little bit because she says They all knew, all of them knew who I was. They knew that I ran that account. They knew this, they knew that. Okay, so if they knew, and if you know that information for sure, Monica, that the ladies knew that you ran that page, that troll account, why wouldn't you tell them on camera if that was the case? If you were absolutely certain that every single one of them knew of your identity why did you never disc why did you never discuss it on the show and say yeah you know like when I ran that page which I don't run anymore right you never made any mention of that so that's where Monica kind of loses me a little bit like did they know or did they not know right so Okay, so another thing that was really interesting during that podcast interview with Monica Garcia and the ladies of Two Thieves in a Pod um, was the fact that they covered the whole. Well, I can't remember if it was Tamara or Teddy that asked Monica, Do you think that Jen Shaw is the one who gave the black eye to um, Heather? To which Monica um, responded something like, well, you know what? Gensha could totally do it because she wears those very gaudy type of rings. So it's very possible that she is the one who did it. She could have done it, but you know, she wasn't necessarily saying that Jen Shah did it, but she said she could have. Right. So one thing that I wanted to share with my listeners, just in case, um, you have been listening to all of the, There's a lot of information out there when it comes to all of this. I've tried to do some research. I've looked at other accounts, other fan accounts. I listen to other podcasters, other bloggers. Like, I try to find as much information as possible when it comes to this. And at the end of the day, everyone is entitled to their own opinion. Um, And I know that some people will say things like, I think I've seen that online. Some people say, oh, you know, I have a relationship with like production the producers that were there in Bermuda and they have told me like someone on the inside they told me that um, Heather like she fell down or she hit an apparatus or something around those lines and that's what caused the black eye so I'm not saying that those stories are not true it's very possible that you're receiving your gossip from whoever and it's very possible that someone might have said that to you but does it mean that that's really what happened we don't know. The only person that knows that information is Heather at this point, and obviously Jen Shah, but she is uh, incarcerated. So one good point that Tamara brought up, which I did not think about, but I thought it was a very valid point, um, is the fact that when the incident took place, like usually when you get hit in the eye or It takes time for um, the black eye to turn actually black. And what Tamara said, she offered some insight when it came to all of this. She said that she had seen Heather before she went to Bermuda. Or not uh, Bermuda, I'm sorry. I keep on saying Bermuda, but before she went on that trip with Jensha and the girls, um, she said that she had seen her prior to and she had seen the beginning of a black eye, okay? So she said that um, they were at some sort of event and I don't know if they were at the restaurant or something like that, but Heather kept on wearing her shades and that was before the trip, before the incident that took place while on the trip with This with the South, South Lake City ladies. So Tamara said that, She could see on Heather's face the beginning of like bruising around her eyes and the beginning of a black eye. And that's probably the reason the reason why, by the time that she was on the trip um, with the ladies of South Lake City, it turned completely black at that point, right? So I thought that was very interesting information. I think I heard another person say this online, I just can't remember who. But um, when it comes to the whole black eye debacle, I would have to say that I strongly believe that most likely it is Jen. Most likely it was Jen Shah who did this to Heather, but it may have not happened on the actual trip. It may have happened before. And then when Heather realized that, oh my gosh, look at my eye now. What am I gonna say? What am I gonna say? Um, what are people gonna, like, what if the ladies are asking me, how did you get this black eye? What are we gonna say? Like, we need to think of a story. Definitely, Jen Shaw and Heather were in on it. I just don't think now that it happened on the trip. Maybe it happened a few days prior to the trip. So, I'm not gonna tell you in my own words. Why I think that Heather lied. I'm just going to play a little recording for you guys. It's only three minutes long. I took it from the Bravo ducat. So, you know, kudos to Cece and Angela. And um, I just want you guys to listen to it a little bit because I actually, to me, their theory makes the most sense as to why Heather kept that secret for so long okay so here it is all
3: right so let's talk to let's talk about the heather of it all the black eye confession yeah what do you think about that my theory on this so last season stopped filming jen shaw pleads guilty or i might have switched those so jen shaw pleads guilty film filming stops then they go on ultimate girls trip heather gets grilled about the black eye she doesn't share there. Jen Shaw's still not in prison at this time, right? Then sentencing happens. Then she is shipped off to prison, I think, in February of 2023. I think, and, and that's when this season of SLC started filming, I think Heather wanted to wait until Jen was behind bars to share that Jen did it.
4: I agree with you, and I I was also thinking about this today when I finally got to watch the episode this morning, I, th- I think that there's definitely something in their contracts where if they truly cause, like, that type of physical harm that the contract can be canceled. So I think Jen wouldn't have gotten her, you know, money or whatever that she needed for her,
0: you know, mm-hmm. children. You
4: know, like, I don't think money that could have gone to help her children or whatever else. And I think Heather would have felt really guilty about that um, because... Yeah. Yeah, so, like, I think that would have gotten canceled. And we know that Jen... Well, we don't know, but we presume that Jen waited to plead guilty until she could get paid for every episode. Right. That's what, that's what our presumption is. That's why she waited till the last minute. So she got money because they get paid by episode now. So she got money for each episode and then finally pled guilty. So I think, and I'm going to give Heather the benefit of the doubt and think that like Heather didn't want to take money away from coach Shaw and Jen's children, you know, with Jen going to jail or whatever. Um, that, that maybe that was her motivation for not saying anything until the very last
3: minute. Right, and Heather is scared of Jen. Yeah, oh, 100%. Totally she got a black eye from her. I mean, we don't know how yet, but, I, and I mean, just go back, everyone should go back and listen to that audio of her berating Koa. I would right. be scared of Jen too.
4: No, that's why I'm saying, I think people are like, oh, you know, blah, 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 Jen is going to prison. I'm like, I think she is going to, I think she's doing very well there. <laughs> I, I do really want to know what happened. And I also, you know, I think Jen is crafty enough to have done it when there's not cameras around. I mean, they're not around 24-7. Jen is, I mean, we know really well how much of a mastermind she actually is. And I mean, it was appalling seeing how much she was actually in control of that whole scheme. And how Mm -hmm. much effort she put into it. And I was like, she actually had business sense. And she just used it for like the worst possible thing. Mm -hmm. So I I fully believe it was Jen. And I definitely agree with you that Heather is terrified of Jen.
0: So as you could hear, it's. You know, it's very possible. To me, that's the theory that makes the most sense. It's very possible that Heather, even though she was not happy with Jen and Jen allegedly giving her the black eye, she was was still not mad enough to just say that, you know, to, to production and to Andy and to Bravo because she didn't want for Jen to be terminated because that would have messed up with her finances and everybody knows that she was fighting for her life and all of that. She didn't want to go to prison and all of that. So, um you know, legal matters are very costly. And at the time, Heather was thinking that, hey, Jen is planning on fighting this. That's what she's telling everyone. She's planning on fighting this, right? And then at the very last minute, she decided to cup a plea. So I thought that that was a very interesting perspective and I wanted to bring it to your guys' attention. And lastly, they talk about Heather. Um, I think it was Tamara Teddy. I can't remember which one, but They asked Monica if they felt that, um, hiding behind a troll account was worse than what Heather did, which was lying to production, to Bravo, to the network, to the public about the black eye, uh, situation. And I thought that that was a very good question because at the end of the day, Heather did lie. And, um she even involved production and all of that. And I understand that it was like some sort of joke and she was just being kind of like playful with the whole thing. But at the end of the day, this is a serious matter and you don't want to implicate or involve your coworkers in something like that. Right. So, but I do feel that Andy Cohen at the reunion did a very good job at grilling Heather and at making her feel that what she did was wrong. And, um, Normally, there should be strong consequences when a cast member does such a thing. However, I do believe that the difference between Heather and Monica in that situation is that Heather took responsibility. Yes, it was a little bit too late after she lied and gave so many different stories. But she still took responsibility regardless and said that I was wrong and this is why I did it and I am sorry, which Monica did not do at the reunion. She never apologized. She never said she was sorry for hiding her identity um, from the ladies. Um, She never expressed any sort of remorse. And then again, when she was on the podcast with the ladies, she doubled down on it and said that she was not going to apologize so Teresa had a podcast of namaste bitches and i'm gonna play the recording for you guys what well, they
5: were best friends they were everything they won the championship oh. together there was like oh i thought every- they were against each other they were they worked against each other but they were still best friends no they were on both of them were the chicago bulls wait they were on the same team Oh wait, I didn't know this, sorry. I thought, I don't, I don't, I'm not good with- killing me, Small. Wait, I, I didn't know that. They were like the most dynamic duo ever. Oh my God, I didn't and know- In basketball history. history. I don't know when you told me, because I did, the thing, when you told me, I went to, I went to one basketball game, and that was when I was on Celebrity Apprentice. We were right on the court, that was it, and I, and I can't even remember what team it was. Like, yeah, that was the only basketball game oh, in New York. Knicks, uh, maybe, yeah. And it was like so cool. Like, I was just like enamored, of, like how tall they were, how they would get it in the in the in the hoop. I was just like, I was like, wow. I not even remember what I get wore it. in there. <laughs> yeah, like that was just so. I, I loved being there. It was like fun. So, like, that was the only basketball I ever went to. Like, I know it's, we should go. Maybe we should do that this year. I Definitely go to basketball. Game. I love. I love well, but my well, thing is I like football and soccer. But I mean I I, I like basketball too. I would go to a game, you know. I'd go to hockey games, you know. Most people
4: living in this country <laughs> or just in the world in general. I grew
5: up but... with Italian immigrant parents. We only watched oh we watched my dad was a 49. We watched Montana. No, we watched soccer soccer was on and you know what station was always on my house Raya, rai italian station was always on my house and we really we only i didn't have did i have a tv in my room no i didn't we had two tvs in our growing up one in the basement and one upstairs but we never really watched tv upstairs so i really was kind of like in this bubble yeah like i just Whatever my you father was bubble watching. Down, you're in bubble now. Yeah, whatever my dad was watching, I was watching. You know, like that's how it was. And I mean I got my first job was at fourteen. So yeah, they were asked like yeah, that was my first job at fourteen. I know, but so, like to to know listen, there are certain things in life you just have to like know. You have to have well, be- I didn't know. I no. didn't know Michael Jordan and, and Pippen were on the they same. Team. I what three I don't know, uh no, Jordan has the most range. Please guys I, don't don't judge me for this. I didn't know. But <laughs> you know, so they were like the dyna- most dynamic duo. Next would probably be like, well, hello. And yeah, okay. then you don't tell me either. It's like you know everything. Thanks for telling me, Melissa, you know. I just assume that anybody that had a paw no, living so, in this country or world no, you knew so, just because you're into sports. Like not everybody's I'm into hair, makeup, fashion, you know, <laughs> it's like I'm into that. You're into like sports. Okay. You teach me about foundation use. I'll yeah. teach you about the 90s. Uh, Chicago Bulls who were the greatest team in all NBA history ever 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 it's just weird it's like of all people all fish in the sea you know it's like I mean yeah, that's where
4: you guys have to swim that's where you guys have to go together yeah.
5: when you told me that because you're like they were I forgot how you said it to me I thought they were on opposite teams just because they you are fucking on opposite teams now yeah, I know. So that's why I never knew that they were on the same team. Like, that's crazy. So they were really close. But then, this is the thing, was Larsa around when Michael Jordan? Like, yes! Oh, yeah? Oh, really? I mean, they were, they were married for like 20-something years. And then, okay, so that how long, like, when when they got married, what year was Pippen in on the Chicago Bulls, like how how, how long were 90. they working? How,
3: how
5: long were they working together already? Ninety. Uh, like, did Jordan go to Pippin's wedding when they got married?
0: Oh, I'm sure they were best friends. So, as you heard in that little audio clip, and it's pretty funny because Teresa says. Please, guys, don't come at me. Please don't make a big deal about this. I don't know. I don't know. I just wanted to give Teresa a little bit of a suggestion um, because, you know, we already talked about it last week and uh, or a couple weeks ago, and um, it's okay to not know every single thing that is going on in the world. However, I do think that even if you don't watch certain things like basketball, it's not your thing. Um, There's certain things that are part of pop culture or just culture in general that people should know. I agree with Melissa Feaster um, when she said that to Teresa. But uh, if I could offer Teresa a little bit of advice when it comes to all of that, Uh, given the fact that she used to hang out with Larsa Pippin and had absolutely no idea of the history around Uh, the whole situation and why it was controversial for Larsa to be dating Michael Jordan's son. Um, So anyways, Teresa, there is a great, great, great documentary out there. I myself do not watch basketball as I have previously stated, but I did watch this documentary when it came out uh, a few years ago. And I still, I knew who Michael Jordan was back then, but uh, my husband is a very, very big fan of Michael Jordan, as are many people. So there's a great documentary out there called The Last Dance, and if I could offer Teresa some advice, I would say that if you watch the documentary, it's about Michael Jordan's life. And I think it's like 10 or 12 episodes. It's all available on Netflix, I believe. And in that documentary, Larsa Pippin, she does make a few appearances. And uh, she's shown in several scenes as she was married to Scottie Pippin, who played a significant role in the team's success in the 90s. So. I'm pretty sure that if Teresa gets caught up in watching that documentary, she will understand uh, the impact, that she will understand the dynamic duo that Melissa Feaster was strongly talking about during the podcast episode. And also, she will see that even Larsa Pippin's presence in the documentary uh, reflects this. So Larsa Pepin and Scottie Pippen and Scotty Pippin, they got married in a highly publicized event back in 1997 okay so i believe larsa was 23 years old when she married scotty who was around 31 years old so if you do the math because there was a lot of back and forth between Teresa and melissa when it came to this and i just want to put some of the things into perspective because it's quite interesting and funny um so larsa got married at the age of 23 and scotty was 31 years old they tied the knot in 1997. marcus jordan was born in 1991 and I believe that he attended the wedding with his dad, given the relationship that Mark, M- M- Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen had back then, you know, from playing in the bulls together and all of that. Right. So, so Scottie, uh, not Scottie, um, Marcus would have attended the wedding when he was like, what, six years old. And. Larsa and Scotty Pepin, I remember at some point in time they had um, a reality TV show and I used to watch it. I can't remember what it was called, but it had like a reality TV show and they were together for a really long time, like something like 18, 19 years. And they divorced, they got divorced recently in 2018. So, just to put things into perspective and what Melissa Feaster was probably trying to convey to Teresa was hey you know Marcus this is like a kid that she grew up with most likely she has known Marcus all of his life as he was like a little little kid when she met him right she probably saw when he was born and all of that right and now she was kind of with him in a relationship so I think Teresa didn't really get the importance of what Melissa was trying to cover. And you know what? At the end of the day, he's an adult now. They can do whatever they want. Like, I'm not judging. Um, And there's no, like, you know, there's no incestuous type of relationship. Like, you know what I mean? It's not like that. Although it is a little weird because you have technically seen this kid grow up, right? So it's kind of weird that you wanted to be in a relationship with him. But hey... If you like it, I love it. So I uh, just wanted to offer a little bit of perspective when it came to that whole situation. <laughs> to a certain extent, I understand what Teresa says when she says that she grew up very sheltered and almost like in a bubble. And what, whatever her father was playing on the television is what the children had to watch, which a lot of us can relate to. But um, at the end of the day, I also feel like, and i'm not stating teresa's age to shame her because i don't i do not age shame people i think that if you have the luxury to add another year to your uh, to your resume it's always uh, a blessing so i never look at it that way but i believe that teresa is 52 years old and it's not cute anymore it's not cute to just be that person who's just like well i know nothing i don't know anything i wasn't raised like that oh there's no way for me to know this and that and the other it's like teresa there's something called google there's something called the internet and you no longer need people to tell you what you need to know you know like people don't fly the crows anymore with a message for them to get to you um (laughs) <laughs> you know your friends are not always going to be the one doing your education either so it's like at, at some point in time you have to also just like be curious in life and just be like oh let me look at this information and just type it into google and be like why is everyone making a big deal about larsa pepin and her son or not her son oh my god not her son now i'm sorry guys <laughs> and larsa pepin and Michael jordan's son then maybe you can type that into Google and then a lot of information will come up, right? So you don't have to depend on others or Melissa Feaster to explain to you um, some very, imp- like things that are part of go- like pop culture or just gossip or that kind of stuff, right? It's it's not good anymore to just say, oh, I was so sheltered. I don't know anything, um at the age of 52 years old because the way that your parents raise you that's one thing but you also have to realize that this is not going to be forever and at some point in time in your life you're going to have a say and you're going to make your own decisions and it's okay to be curious and to just be like oh that's what's going on that's what's up i understand especially if you have a podcast i find that a little bit funny and i have to really give you guys my true opinion when it comes to that. I find it funny that they have a podcast together and Melissa knows so much and Teresa always seems to know so little. And Melissa, I've said that so many times, like it comes across to me at least that she is having a ball at making fun of the things that Teresa know nothing about, right? So I don't know, like maybe prepare yourself before you jump on the like microphone and try to google those people that you're going to be talking about in light of the recent lawsuit announcement against bodito and Louis rojela's in the case of um i guess not stalking vanessa riser but accessing her um computers in an unauthorized manner and then wiretaps like violation and all of that recording spying on this is a mess guys okay and you can count that I have a very strong opinion when it comes to the whole thing I will play a few recordings for you of Bodito and his ethics and what he said in the past I think he was on the podcast with David at some point in time and he was talking about his work ethic and how he does everything legitimate Um, at some point in time he even mentioned something about can you believe that you know if I had uh, done if I was wiretapping people I would have no license and he was like talking you know he's very animated when he talks and all of that so he was very adamant about just being portrayed as the guy who does his job and does it well and follows you know crosses all his t's and dots every eye right so i was talking about that extensively so i just want to play those short recordings for you um just as a reminder of what this man has said in the past and there was also a a, um a, a, a short clip that he did on his own podcast with um a guest his name is john tobacco and um If you wonder where you have heard that name before, uh, for those of you who watch Mob Wives, there is, um, you know, (laughs) this is just a sidebar, but there is this part where Drita is fighting with Karen and Ramona uh, on the balcony, and there is a man holding Drita back and trying to protect her from the punches that she is receiving from Karen and Ramona, and that guy is Derek tobacco which happens to be the brother of john tobacco so i just thought that that was a fun fact to include in there but there's really you know nothing no correlation or anything like that so that being said i will play the recording for you so you can hear bodito on his own podcast called true crime um what he says about his own work ethic um as a private investigator
1: hired by luis ruelas okay now for your... hold on hold on i gotta get this because my daughters <laughs> will kill me Bo, my daughters want to know if you were working for luis on the real housewives okay now young ladies i'm gonna give you the facts and there's no reason for me to hide anything and if you'll watch the ticky taki there, I, I did a video on TikTok answering yep. this question. One, over a million hits. Yep. Point is this. I can look at you in the eyes, and I told little Joe Gorka over there in Avra, Joe, don't you understand? I never did any background on you or anybody from the Housewives for Louie. He blurted my name out there thinking it was cool. <laughs> oh, I got Bo deals got dirt on everybody. Never, ever. Now, let me say this the way it's supposed to be said, and I'll... Categorize this in the sense that this it's big housewives drama. Yeah. If, Everybody thinks Bo right, no, for and Luis. It's One million percent category, it never did it. But no. some other people are saying not in this case. No, but never Bo Deedle Associates has done work for Luis okay. in other cases. So listen, now we're talking. Okay. Okay, here we go. If Louis Ruiz hired me to do any kind of a confidential investigation, it's confidential. What of I'm course. saying is what I was accused of never happened. Now, if he hired me for something else that had to do with his personal life. Confidential. No, no nothing to do with the housewives of New Jersey. How do you like Joe Goga? You know, I mean, I, I grab him. I'll I be honest with you. you know, I have friends that friends are friends. And matter of fact, I wanna have dinner with one of my friends. And, <laughs> and you know, I, I tell you what. Joe's wrong for doing that. And I sat him down next to me in and I said, listen, don't you understand? I'm telling you right to your face, okay? And I don't have to tell you this, but I'm telling you right now, we never did it. And your wife, Melissa, better understand it. And everybody else in the housewife. never happened. Why Louis, why Louis? Why Louie threw this out there was to scare everybody using my name. And I was very offended. And I told Louie, I had words with Louie. I said, don't you dare throw my name around. I never did anything for you on any backgrounds of any of the housewives. I love it. Over the story. And girls, you can go to the bank with that. And Bo Deedle doesn't lie that's for sure i know that and And that's the answer i'm gonna be very honest with you i told the truth and i think this is more about me being with you david is to let the viewers know what we do and that's why our company is really really doing very well not because of the housewives of new jersey because we have credibility again you hire a private investigation firm if it's around 38 years you know they're pretty good going through all the crap that happens and you know yourself when you're investigating cases some of them are very sensitive and if you do something wrong you wouldn't be in an investigation remember they had that fella vincent parko parko private eye or yeah. he got locked up and all these people go to and they're getting in trouble you know, all i could say is that you try I have attorneys and also guys that are there who protect, in the sense that everything we do is one million percent legal. Otherwise, we're not going to do it. And I tell my clients, "You want to ask me to do it? Go hire somebody else. I'm not going to get you and me in trouble. I'll advise them right to their face."
5: That's a good. It's like when you go to a doctor and you want something, you know, like you want something done like say plastic surgery and they say no I always say that that's a good doctor they say no keep your money yeah it's the person you want to go to does anything shock you about like the human condition like you've seen it all like but you know now especially with what you do you've lived a life like does it you know when you investigate people does anything like
1: just shock you no nothing nothing at all and you know again we've handled cases in the when I was a homicide detective in New York, plus in the private sector. But you know, and, uh, you know, some of the things that really are great things that have 89, have Martin Scorsese at my table at Rails with Nick Pelleggio wrote Goodfellas and Ellen Lewis, the biggest c- And they even told Cohen, I said to Andy, I said, throw me on the show. I tell the truth. And again, I'll repeat it again. No one believes it. all these cast members. Oh, Bo did it for free. For free? No, 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 no. I say it, I'll say it again, David. Louis never hired us, and I'm very specific how I say it because there's a reason, Louis never hired us to do any backgrounds on any of the cast members. I say it for a reason because if he hired me to do something else other than that, that's a confidential investigation. And that's why I always subdivided it and say specifically when I say it, never on cast members. I didn't say I never did any other investigation, but she has the right, and it's a confidential investigation, so I'm not at liberty to talk about it. Now, as far as anything else goes, when they're jumping ugly with me, these cast members, they don't know what they're talking about. Then, I was in Avro with my friend, Bert Capone, and a couple of my guys, and next thing is, who's sitting next to me is Melissa, and some gal, and then next thing is, she goes, oh, that's the guy that's following me, doing all of this. I said, Well listen, let me tell you something. I'm telling you right to your face. That's not true. So if you want to live with this ghost of uh, of St. Uh, whatever the hell it's called, you do that. I said, where's your husband? Oh, he's having dinner nearby. I said, tell him to come over here. He sits down with me. And I said, let me, let me tell you one time, okay? I never, ever was hired by Louis. I've never done any background on you, Joe. If you can't accept it, tough. Can I curse? Yeah tough shit and that was the end of it that was the last time I spoke to him then it went back and forth I got pissed off at him and I went at him when he Uh says I don't believe you now you don't call me a liar because if you call me a liar you know what I'm gonna do I'll investigate you on my own my own diamond and I'll find all your dirt so let's not have a little battle here because you're gonna lose and that's not a threat. All I'm saying is, don't call me a liar. And I told him the truth. And you know what? He's a fine guy. He goes through his own stuff. He has a lot of problems with his own stuff. And you know what? I here's what I said to him. I said to him that night. I'll never forget. I said, "Say, Teresa's your sister, man." And I'm a very family oriented guy. I said, this stuff has gone so far. This is your blood. You didn't go to wedding. I mean, to me, that affects me. I'm a grandfather, and I'm I'm a father, and you know, that that kind of stuff affects. I thought I could be the peacemaker, because that's what I like to do, bring everybody together.
5: And what did Joe say, and Melissa, when you said that?
1: No, it was like, it was like, well, I guess this is part of their, 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 uh, their, uh, their uh, the whole uh, appeal, the fighting and all that crap. But, uh, you know, it doesn't appeal to me. What appeals to me is, you know, you, you have a show. It's entertainment. I like watching watch Below Deck. My big thing is I like the Discovery Channel and Netgeo. I, for some reason, I'm addicted. I get home, at, I get home early, like at nine o'clock. I, I turn that like on automatically. I mean, they're naked and afraid. I mean, I watch all these stupid things like gold rushes. I mean, this is what, when you get to be my age, you don't want any kind of drama. You want like, you like to see stuff that's educational. Below deck, that's a good one. Right, mm. which one? Below deck. Yeah, that's, that's a good one. Well, I've been on a lot of private yachts, my very dear. You know what the good part about life is? have friends with big boats, let them own them and just yeah. be,
5: be part of the, uh, be part of the guest list. I am okay with that. What? So why did Louis? So yes, I, I believe you. It seems like a lot of people don't,
4: which we'll get into in second. I know you do because I can
1: tell by your eyes. And yeah. you know one thing. I just said a lot of things to you, and you could look, you could be a detective. I can interview anybody. I can look in their eyes to see if someone believes me or is telling me the truth. The fact is, if there was nothing for me to hide. If I did do it, where is the evidence? If I did all that, I'm sure Louie would have thrown it in their faces, but I never did it. And anybody that's listening or anybody who's online, just think about it. If I did it, why wouldn't Louie come out with it?
5: Well, that's a good point. <laughs> so but it does beg the question, why did Louis then say this? Because exactly what little
1: Lucky Sperm, Luke and Murdoch, what's his first name? Lachlan Murdoch? Lachlan, Lachlan. Yeah. They love to use my
0: name. And- now that you've listened to the recording, I'm not going to talk about the whole case right now, but I'm just going to say this because I have a lot to say and I'll be saying a lot next week. When another person will be talking about this very extensively so stay tuned but I just wanted to share with you guys that you know I have a Twitter account and I've had this Twitter account since 2011 and um, I've never had a lot of followers on that account and um, recently when I started the podcast a couple years ago I started posting about the podcast and every time that I would post about Teresa and Louie. And you you guys, if you've been following this podcast, you know, I am not mean to Teresa or Louie. I do not call them any names. I simply state my opinion. And in my opinion, I am always respectful. That is very important for me. But it seems like even when you are respectful, when you do not agree, certain things happen. And I've started noticing that things were happening in the background. So just to make a long story short, a few episodes ago, I talked about, I think it was back in November. I talked about, you know, those long bearded men that started to appear on my social media platform. And they all looked like they were part of Lord of the Rings. And they just appeared in droves right? And they started commenting, they were in the backgrounds and everything uh, that they were saying was the opposite of mine. So I talked about the long bearded man. Hey, long bearded men, if you are still listening to the podcast, I just wanted to say hello. So back to my Twitter account that I've had since 2011. You know i only have a very small following on that twitter account i know that people are watching uh, they're not always pressing follow but i know that people are watching uh, some of the things that i post right that's the whole point of twitter so for people that have very large accounts they may not notice when 13 or 20 people get added but for someone like me who has a very small Twitter following I notice everything like I notice even like one more follower or one less follower so I was really surprised that over the past couple of weeks I acquired close to like 20 followers and I did post on Twitter but not that much but every day I was getting more and more followers like maybe 20 to 25 followers so I was like, oh, what is going on here? Like, are people paying attention to my stuff? How come so much? There's really no engagement from them. They're not really comment- commenting on anything. So I was just like, okay, I don't know. My content must be good. <laughs> so when the news drop, I think it was on Monday or Tuesday, When the news dropped about the lawsuit regarding the hacking of computers and involving Bo Deedle and Louie, I was like, oh, this is very interesting. So I decided to go back to my Twitter and I actually wanted to tweet something about that, but I never did because what I noticed was those 2025 20, um followers that i had acquired were all completely gone and i was back to my original number which i thought was very odd because we all know how social media works we know that you know you get some you lose some but usually when people leave your social media page they usually don't appear in droves and they usually don't remove themselves in drove either so I thought that that was very weird that it happened exactly after they made the lawsuit announcement public so I'm not saying that there's any correlation I'm not accusing anyone here but I, I'm go I'm going to say that I thought that that was very odd because Every single time that I have said something that was not in favor of Louis or Teresa, I have noticed certain things happening in the background. And I know I'm not the only one. And I know some people don't want to believe this. And I know other people have said this as well. Other people have messaged me and said, yes, This happens to me every time. I've even heard some people say they cannot access their Amazon login or social media login after they say something negative about a particular couple on the Real Housewives of New Jersey. So for those of you who are experiencing this, I just want to say that I believe you. I know you're not making it up. And I don't know if this is going to go with the investigation. Like, I don't really care. I don't necessarily want to be part of an investigation, but this is my point. If this turns out to be true, this is scary because you cannot have an opinion without someone trying to do something in the background to try to intimidate you. That's scary. That's really scary. So that's all I have for today, guys. Thank you so much for listening. I just wanted to say that I have not covered yet the whole situation when it comes to the lawsuit and Bravo and Caroline Menzo. And I will be addressing this on my next podcast episode. I just thought that there's a lot of things that are going on right now and, um, I want to make sure that I have all of the information before I give you my take on that. So make sure to tune in next week as we will be talking about the whole situation with Caroline Menzo, Bravo, and the lawsuit. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you for tuning in. And as always, guys, as always, be a fan, not fanatical. Ciao.